This is part four on 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 to 5. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run and be glorified, just as also with you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for faith is not of all. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Now, this is what I want to think about with you this time. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command you, or just command. So, Father, as we ponder why Paul brings up this word command, which he hasn't used yet in this letter, what it is that he has in mind that he's commanding, and in what sense or how extensive is this confidence when, in fact, the church is quite imperfect in the way they are responding to his command. So, Father, we need help to grasp how Paul thinks about the church's faithfulness to God's commands that come through him. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, he's confident in the Lord. I take that to mean probably two things. Um, Namely, the Lord gives the confidence and the Lord grounds the confidence. Grounds. Meaning, subjectively, he is experiencing this confidence as a work of the Lord. In union with the Lord, the Lord is inspiring in Paul a confidence in their obedience to what he commands. But that's not a groundless inspiration that the Lord gives. It has grounds, and the grounds are that the Lord himself will do it. Like Paul said over here in Philippians, he said, I am sure of this, same word, I am confident, of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. In other words, confidence in the Lord probably includes this, namely, he began it, he'll do it. So he's not just giving the subjective experience of confidence, he's inspiring that subjective confidence by the assurance that he himself grounds the confidence in his working in their lives, which is why then Paul would go on in verse 5, probably, to say, oh, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. In other words, he prays according to the confidence that he has in the Lord that the Lord's going to do it, and he calls down the Lord to do it. Now, the question I want to ask here is, what is he commanding? Is this, does this refer to just everything he has said in his letters by way of Christian duty, or does he have something in mind? And are they doing it the way he says they're doing it? He says, I'm confident that you are doing it. So the command is mentioned, this word, command, hasn't been used yet, and now he uses it three more times 
in the next few verses. So let's look at them. Here's verse 10. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. Same word. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Now let's just pause here. He said, when we were with you. So that's before 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. So we could go back to 1 Thessalonians and see that he's already touched on this. We urge you, brothers, to aspire to live quietly, mind your own affairs, to work with your hands as we commanded you. So that was when he was with them. That's what he's referring to now in 2 Thessalonians. We were with you. We commanded this when we were with you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. That's Paul's big concern. The Christians evidently are struggling with false implications of the day of the Lord and its timing so that some of them are concluding, well, we can just quit our job since the day of the Lord is at hand and mooch off of everybody else who hasn't quit their job. And Paul is very upset about this and doesn't want them to behave that way. So he says here in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, even when we were with you, we, we gave you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. That's pretty strict. We'll come back to that later. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command, there it is again, same word, and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and earn their own living and thus be dependent on no one else. That's the burden of this word command here in 2 Thessalonians 3. Now here's, here's the issue that I'm raising. Paul says flat out here in these verses that some among you walk in idleness. In other words, they are not obeying the command. And my question is, how does that fit with just a few verses earlier here in our text? We have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things we command. And, he, and then he goes right ahead, just a few verses later, and points out some of you are walking in idleness, not doing, not, not busy at work, but busy bodies. So he knows, he knows, he's not foolish, he's not careless, he's not self-contradictory, he's not speaking out of both sides of his mouth. He knows perfectly well when he says this, that he's going to say in just two minutes that there are some people walking against the command to not be idle. So what, what does he mean when he says, I'm confident in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command you. Here's my suggestion. In verse 6, which comes right after this one, here's what he says. Now we command you. Now that's the third use. I said there were three more uses in chapter 3 besides the one we just saw in, in verse 4 of this word command. And this is one of those three. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness. So you got brothers 
disobeying Paul's command, and he's instructing them how to obey the commands toward those who don't obey the commands. Paul's got this all figured out. He's not, he's not foolish. He knows there are some brothers, he's giving them the benefit of the doubt here, who are walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition or the commands that he has given them before. And he has a way planned for the church to deal with such brothers, right? We command you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you keep away from such brothers, a kind of loving, holy ostracism to shake them up and bring them to their senses and get their eschatology straightened out and get them back to work. So my conclusion is that when he says here in verse 4, we have confidence in the Lord about you. The you here doesn't mean absolutely every one of you will be perfect in his compliance with my command. He doesn't mean that because he clearly says he doesn't mean that in the next couple of verses. What he means is we're, we're confident about you as a, as a church, you as a body, as a group, are doing, the vast majority of you are doing, and you'll continue to do the things we command you. And that includes commands for how to deal with those who don't keep the commands. So he's thinking corporately here about the church without making any comment about whether every single person in the church will be perfectly compliant with what he says. Rather, he's thinking, as a church, I am confident that you're not going to be swept away as a body of believers in confusion and sin about this matter of eschatology and whether you should be at work or not. I'm confident that as a church, you're going to stand. If there are some among you who are confused about this, you know, you're going to know how to deal with them. And so I believe you are a strong, mature, growing church in this regard. That's my understanding of how he expresses himself in verse 4. So we'll come back now to take it up here next time.